USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. A conversation with Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers. That's next on The Veteran's Voice. And hot! Welcome to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originated from the Optum Podcast Studios in partnership with podcast channel sponsors, Medicare Mentors, Technology Partner, Colorado Computer Support, and Supporting Partner, Wirenut Home Services. And now, here's your host, Mike Lewis. A special edition of the Veterans Voice, a conversation with Mayor John Southers, presented by USAA, coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio. A few facts about our guest. John Southers, re-elected to a second term as mayor by an overwhelming majority, April 2019. He is the 41st mayor of Colorado Springs, began his first term, May of 2015. By the way, a fun fact, Mayor Southers is the second strong mayor in Colorado Springs. Highlights before being elected mayor. John Southers served as the Attorney General for Colorado 2005 to 2015. Prior to being Attorney General, he was named by President George W. Bush in 2001 to be the United States Attorney for Colorado, unanimously confirmed by the U.S. Senate. And in 1988, elected District Attorney of the 4th Judicial District, including El Paso and Teller Counties. Mayor Southers is a husband, father, and a grandfather, and he's our guest on the Veterans Voice. It is a pleasure to have you. Mike, I'm glad to be with you. Well, Mayor, as I was getting ready for this interview, you and I had the pleasure to interview years ago in a when I was a, in, a, in the news business, let's say. Many I, times. Yes, and, <laughs> and I, always, I was so thrilled when I found out that I was going to get to interview as a, on the Veterans Voice, so thank you again. I appreciate being here. As I was getting ready for this interview, we are focused on the military community, and the thought came to mind, you can't think of Colorado Springs and the military without being together, almost like a hand in glove. What are your thoughts? Well, it's part of our history, uh, and why it's part of our DNA as a community is because uh, the military has been part of the growth of this community from the beginning. Uh, from 1871 to 1941, we were a tourist town, uh, attracted people from around the country, around the world because of our beauty, our climate. Uh, we became kind of a health uh, haven when people realized that you could cure tuberculosis being here. But it was a very slow, steady growth until 1941. And then with the attack on Pearl Harbor, Within months, uh, Camp Carson was set up here in uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, city uh, fathers at the time were able to get some land donated to the United States government. Uh, Camp Carson was literally built in a couple of months. And so many of us in the town trace our existence here to that fact. For example, uh, my father was a dentist in Detroit, and he was 34 years old. Uh, he enlisted the day after Pearl Harbor. So many people of his generation did that, regardless of how old they were. Uh, he had never been west of the Mississippi. He got a notice in uh, January to uh, show up in February at Camp Carson, Colorado. Took a troop train out here, got off at the Sierra Madre uh, Rio Grande uh, train station, took a bus out there. Within a couple of weeks, he called my mother and said, uh, you got to come up. They didn't know it. They were training for the invasion of North Africa. They knew they wouldn't be shipping out till the fall. Said, you got to come out here and check out this place. It's beautiful. She came out. If Believe it or not, they stayed at the Buffalo Lodge, which is still in existence, right? And they made a deal uh, that if he survived the war, they'd move to Cower Springs. Uh, and they did so in 1946. And he set up a dental practice here, adopted me in 1951, my sister a couple years before that, so many people trace their existence here to those types of situations. Then 19, uh, you know, about, about 55, uh, uh, Air, the Air Force Academy is awarded to Cairo Springs. It opens here in about 58, uh, uh, and it just goes on and on. It's a big, big part of our history. 
Well, Ant Credit Union is a, a large financial institution here headquartered in Colorado Springs, but for those folks who are new to the area, there used to be an Ant Air Force Base right in the middle of Colorado Springs. It's now the Olympic Training Center. Absolutely right. I remember uh, going out there to the commissary with my mother. Uh, many, many times when I was a young person. I, I have to say this, the commissary, that, that had the up and down ramps. It was the, it was the most interesting commissary I'd ever been in. Uh, yeah, it, it would not meet ADA standards today. Absolutely. And then we had Pete Field that became Peterson Air Force Base, now, now Peterson Space Force Base. Yep. Now we have Schriever Air Force Base. We have Cheyenne Mountain. We have five critical military institutions here. Well, as I listened to your State of the City address that you gave, and it was eloquent as usual, you mentioned how important the military is to our economy. Matter of fact, it's number one, isn't it? Yeah, it still is. I think when I became mayor, uh, the military and defense-related uh, industry was about 45% of our economy. Uh, today, it's about 40% of economy. That's not because that's decreased. It's actually grown. It's because other sectors have uh, grown. And that's a good. That's really good. Now, that has been a real plus for us over the last eight years because uh, in the COVID uh, pandemic, there was no you know cuts in defense spending or anything like that. So that is what made us pr- uh, one of the large cities that did the best in weathering some of the ups and downs of the economy over the last several years. We'll continue with Mayor John Southers in just a couple of moments, but first imagine never having to worry about your information systems ever again. Colorado Computer Support, the exclusive Veterans Voice technology partner, meets all of our, and they can meet your computing needs. Colorado Computer Support, veteran-owned. They're on your team for innovative, collaborative IT services and solutions to enhance and support your Colorado business. When you need IT services to keep your business going, make sure you get Colorado Computer Support on your team. Give them a call, 719-355-2440. You can find out more by calling 719-355-2440. Colorado Computer Support. Our guest is Mayor John Southers. And he has made time with us on the Veterans Voice, talking about the military, the importance of the military in the Pikes Peak region. What are some of your concerns as you, you know, come to the end of your tenure as mayor as far as the military in Colorado Springs in general? Um, I don't have a, a, a lot of concerns. It's, uh, it's such an ingrained relationship. There's so much support in the community for uh, the military, both uh, active duty and veterans in our uh, community. Obviously, I'd love to see the space. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, space command decision made here in the next uh, a couple of months. Uh, that's been a pending decision for a long time. I do want to assure our citizens that, regardless of how that comes out, and I, I think very much that it's in the interest of the American taxpayer and in national defense that it stay here. But regardless of how that decision comes out. Uh, the military presence in Colorado Springs is going to grow. There's all kinds of other critical missions uh, that are going to ramp up in the next uh, several years, and I'm absolutely confident uh, that Colorado Springs is going to get their fair share of space activity and military activity over the next several years. Uh, So my concerns there are, frankly, just making sure that uh, we do everything as a community from an infrastructure perspective to make sure that we're supporting uh, the military as much as we can. We've really done a really great uh, job expanding some of our uh, base access. Uh, there's a lot of money being spent right now on uh, uh, I-25 South, expanding access to Carson. Uh, we have uh, done some things out at uh, uh, Peterson, uh, and I th- we've uh, done some improvements to 94 out to Shriver. So uh, I feel very good about the level of commitment and the cooperation between the federal government and the city government. I, I have every reason to believe that will continue. I saw commercials before the last municipal election. You were with the district attorney, and you were employing uh, um, employing voters, don't vote for legal marijuana, because I think you felt that it may hurt our relationship with the military. The sales in Colorado Springs, and that came out the way you wanted it. You must be happy about that. I was happy about it, and uh, we really turned some polling around. Uh, uh, The first polls were like 60% uh, favorable, but I think that uh, Michael Allen and I kind of uh, uh, talking about uh, not only the military presence and potential impact on that, but also uh, a lot of people just don't understand what's happened to 
uh, legal marijuana since 2012 when it was legalized, uh, there has been a dramatic increase in the potency of it. The industry has, uh, you know, uh, upgraded the potency, THC potency to the point where the average cigarette today is about 22-23% uh, THC. The average edible is about 60% uh, THC. Uh, Mike, uh, when you were in high school and, and college, we were talking 1% or 2%. Uh, this is pretty dangerous stuff, uh, particularly for the young mind. So I'm really glad uh, that our voters took that seriously. I think it makes us much more attractive, not only to the military, but frankly to uh, precision manufacturers who uh, you know, have contracts with the military where they have to be drug-free workplaces. Uh, I think it's a big selling point for us. We are talking to Mayor John Southers on the Veterans Voice. Veterans Voice sponsored and partnered in part by Optum, produced in the Optum Podcast Studio. Optum and Mountain View Medical Group are part of Optum, offering 20 clinics throughout the Pikes Peak region. Optum primary and specialty care doctors provide quality patient-centered care. They're backed by Optum's industry-leading health services and technology. Optum, dedicated to helping our community live healthier while keeping care affordable. Visit Optum.com Colorado to find out more. Schedule your appointment today. Optum. Again, we come to you from the Optum Podcast Studio, Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. Our guest is Mayor John Southers. We've got so much more we're going to speak with the mayor about. You are listening to a special edition of the Veterans Voice, a conversation with Mayor John Southers. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. A special edition of The Veteran's Voice, a conversation with Mayor John Southers, presented by USAA, coming to you in the Optum Podcast Studio. Our guest, the 41st Mayor of Colorado Springs, Mayor John Southers. Mayor, I remember thinking about several years ago when I was getting ready to do another interview with you, and I was thinking, this it's a good time to be Mayor of Colorado Springs because... It's such a great economy right now. The, the town is booming. I am amazed as I drive throughout the region on the north side, east side, all sides of Colorado Springs, east, west, north, south. Let me say that again. Building. We're seeing apartments going up, houses going up, condos. Everyone seems to want to live in Colorado Springs. Yeah, it's been fascinating to watch, and I want to uh, give your listeners some actual, you know, detailed stats on this. Our growth rate over the last eight years that I've been mayor has actually been one and a half percent. We've grown about 50,000 people. Historically speaking, that's not particularly high. There's been other areas, uh, other eras in our growth where it's been, you know, as much as two and a half, three percent. But of course, when you're 500,000 people growing by one and a half, uh, that's more than when you're 100,000 growing by three percent. Uh, but what has, I think, really sparked the notion of, of the growth is the exponential uh, economic growth. Let me just give you some numbers that are really amazing. Uh, the city GDP, that's our total economy, has grown by a third in eight years. So to put that in perspective, it took us 143 years to build a $30 billion economy. It's taken us eight to go from 30 to $40 billion. That's remarkable. Uh, we, uh, in 2015, there's an a organization called the Milken Institute that rates the municipal economies in the 200 largest cities. In 2015, we were 98th. Uh, now we're in the top 10. Uh, and that's uh, just an indication of uh, what's really taken place. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with us demonstrating uh, to the country uh, that we're willing to invest in our own community. That's what I feel most proud of. Uh, I came into a city, I've lived here all my life, things were a little bit stagnant in 2015. We were coming out of one of the you know, greatest recession that we'd ever seen that wasn't a depression. And uh, job uh, creation was stagnant. Uh, we weren't producing enough jobs to take care of the young people graduating from high school and college here. Uh, and that's been dramatically changed. We've, we've uh, added 50,000 jobs in the last eight years. Uh, we're now, we've gone, uh, you know, from very little 
uh, young people growth to the fastest growing place for millennials to come. We're the most, uh, we're uh, in, in the top uh, couple of cities for attracting college graduates. These people are coming for very good jobs. Our own young people who are graduating high school and college are getting good jobs. Uh, so that's the co- kind of economy you want. I remember maybe 10 years ago, there was a survey that talked to high, uh, high school and college graduates. They didn't want to live in Colorado Springs, and it broke my heart because I was thinking, this is such a great place to live. I've been here most of my life. That sounds like it's being turned around. It's changed dramatically. I used to get, when I was running, I remember a lot of grandparents saying, oh, my grandchild doesn't want to live here and all that sort of thing. And now when someone says that, I said, well, I hate to say it, but that's your problem because everybody else's uh, children and grandchildren want to live here. Thank you for everything you've done to help turn that around. Speaking of growth, growth is good, but it does bring some challenges. Affordable housing is one of those issues that we talk about here at the Veterans Voice because retired military or people, even people on active duty, I understand, are sometimes having a challenge paying the rent. You bet they are. Uh, And we need to do what we can to uh, to deal with that issue. My personal feeling... uh, and I feel very strongly about this, uh, Mike, is that the city should not be in the housing business. We should not be producing housing ourselves, but we should, with the federal dollars we have available to us through HUD, uh, facilitate uh, nonprofits and even profits uh, to uh, develop affordable housing and also encourage uh, accessible housing, which leads to the question, what's the difference? Uh, affordable housing is a term of art, and that actually means subsidized housing. So nonprofits or profits, for that matter, uh, can uh, get uh, financing. Uh, with We can provide some federal seed money that we get strictly for that purpose, and we can help them get through the Colorado Housing Authority process to get uh, a tax increment or, or I'm sorry, uh, tax credit financing. Uh, in the case of... Uh, a nonprofit, they'll be uh, able to take care of, uh, you know, get bonds uh, uh, issued that people will invest in to help them build uh, uh, affordable housing. Uh, in the case of profits, they'll get tax deductions that if they uh, have below market rates for a particular period of time, then they'll get these uh, tax deductions. What affordable means, as I say, is subsidized. So that means you'll actually have rents that are below the market. Uh, in a lot of these situations, the uh, person who builds it because of the tax agreements or the bond financing they have, uh, they have to uh, have a certain amount that are at 60% of the market or in some cases, maybe 40% uh, of the market. So that's affordable housing. Uh, when we talk about uh, uh, accessible or attainable housing, uh, we're just talking about responding in the marketplace, Uh, the private sector saying, hey, there's a niche here uh, where uh, we can sell a lot of uh, uh, product if we meet this need. Mm -hmm. We've got young people who can't afford, uh, you know, a five, six hundred thousand dollar house, and we need to have a product that's available to them, uh, whether it's condominium, a townhome, uh, something like that. That's that's more affordable, and that's really the market responding. Uh, I think one of the things that's inhibited that a little bit is the market was so good for several years here. There, ob- the private sector is obviously going to be in the portion of the market that gives them the greatest return. As things slow down here, I'm hoping that we'll see uh, them look to uh, maybe branch out into uh, uh, more products that uh, uh, can help folks on the uh, lower end of the. Uh, economic scale. In your State of the City address, you mentioned taxes being relatively low in Colorado Springs, and that's part of that affordability piece, isn't it? Absolutely. One of the things I'm proud of, yes, we have gone to the voters and asked them to step up to help fix the streets. Uh, We've asked them to impose a uh, uh, stormwater fee to help bail us out of some very serious legal problems we were in. Uh, All that being uh, done, Uh, The average per capita uh, municipal tax burden uh, for citizens of Colorado Springs is about $800. The national average for the 100 largest cities, we're the 39th largest city, uh, is about $2,400. So we are very, very affordable uh, from a tax uh, burden standpoint. 
All right. We'll continue with Mayor John Southers in just a couple of moments. Every season brings a new strain on your home systems. We'd like to tell you about Veterans Voice partner, the WireNut Home Services. You can count on the WireNut to handle your heating, cooling, and electrical needs. Family-owned and proud to employ honest, hardworking Coloradans. So when you need plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical help, the WireNut does all that. And if you give them a call, let them know you heard about it on the Veterans Voice. Plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical. Yes, the WireNut does all that. Give them a call, 719-399-5021. They're here for you. The WireNut Home Services, 719-399-5021. Continuing with our guest, Mayor John Southers. Mayor, I've lived here as you have most of my life, and one thing that I this is continuing with the affordability piece. I used to have people walk up to me that had just moved to Colorado Springs and says, "I cannot believe how low electric and utility rates are here in Colorado Springs," and that's a for, that's a piece of the affordability. With the closing of the Drake power plant, can you assure our residents that we're going to continue to have? reasonable utility rates? Uh, We'll have competitive uh, utility rates. We will have higher rates, and I'll tell you why. Uh, The reason why Drake is closing is because uh, coal, uh, uh, burning coal, has become uh, not not economical. Uh, The fact of the matter is uh, we need to meet national and state emission guidelines, and you can't do it burning coal. Now, the other thing that a lot of people, you know, they say, well, if we're, you know, they, uh, if we're burning coal, that we wouldn't have any increase. Actually, the coal market's uh, a lot more volatile than it, that it was. I think there's less people in the supply chain and, and all that sort of thing. But uh, uh, coal uh, as a fossil fuel is going away. We're going to have a heavy emphasis on natural gas for a long time. Uh, but we've got a governor who's uh, hell-bent. Uh, on uh, all renewables by uh, 2040. I personally don't think that's achievable. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, while the technology is improving and renewables will become more affordable, as of now, they are less affordable. What you have to understand, I, I, you know, I, I see a lot of environmental proponents say, well, solar is X amount per megabyte and uh, natural gas is X amount per uh, that's not megabyte, but it's uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the energy term I'm thinking of. I'll, but in any event, the fact of the matter is you need four times as much solar uh, to get the same reliability uh, as you do with natural gas. So the, the price right now is significantly more. Uh, you know, battery technology is going to improve and things like that. So to comply with environmental demands that we have to comply with, you will see uh, the cost of energy go up. Uh, however, the fact that we have a well-run municipal utility, we don't have to worry about uh, shareholder return of about 7% per year, uh, really assures us uh, that we'll always be very competitive in the marketplace, even if you know we're, we're paying more. City uh, Council we, doubles as the utility board and city council. That's exactly right. Uh, and, you know, there's been some controversy about that through the years. Would we be better off with a, a appointed board of uh, utility experts and things like that? But as of now, uh, there was a lot more talk about that uh, several years ago. I hear less talk about that uh, today. All right. We'll continue with Mayor John Southers in just a couple of moments when it's time to consider Medicare options. Get in touch with Medicare Mentors. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, veteran-owned Medicare Mentors, longstanding Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center partner, and the Veterans Voice podcast channel partner. More than that, they go above and beyond to make sure that when you need them, they're here to lend you a helping hand. Medicare Mentors, there's a lot to navigate when it comes to Medicare and get in touch with the experts, Medicare Mentors, again, powered by Spark. You can reach them at 719-886-3377 or visit online, MedicareMentorsLLC.com. Our guest is Mayor John Southers. We are going to continue, by the way, for the benefit of those folks who are listening on KRDO News Radio. Thank you so much. The mayor has decided that he's going to stay with us, so we are going to continue on our podcast platform. And you can go to veteransvoice.us, veteransvoice.us, and listen to our podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms. And uh, Mayor, thank you for staying with us, and we're going to continue in just a couple of moments. No problem. 
We appreciate it. And a big thank you to our partners, USAA, Optum, our podcast channel partner, Medicare Mentors, technology partner, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNut Home Services. More with Mayor John Southers. We're going to talk about employment. If you are maybe, let's say you're on active duty and you you decided you're going to discharge from the military, should you stay in Colorado Springs? Well, we'll find out what the mayor has to think about that as we continue. Join us on our podcast platform. You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum. Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. This is a special edition to the Veterans Voice, a conversation with Mayor John Southers, presented by USAA, coming to you from the Optum Podcast Studio, Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. This is our podcast version of our conversation with Mayor John Southers. Mayor, if someone is on active duty stationed in the Colorado Springs area at one of our many military bases, and maybe they're going to discharge from the military, maybe retire, or maybe just get out. What advice do you have for them as far as if they're thinking about whether they should stay in Colorado Springs or not? Well, I can uh, give them a couple of statistics that might uh, be interesting to them. Uh, LinkedIn uh, says that Colorado Springs is the number one city in America where veterans are most successful in post-military careers. Uh, But I think the proof in the pudding is that uh, more people who were ever stationed in Colorado Springs retire to Colorado Springs than any other uh, city in the country percentage-wise on a per capita basis. I think San Antonio is second. Uh, But the fact of the matter is there's a pattern of people Uh, retiring here and being very successful in their uh, post-military career. And that's been recognized. And I think uh, there's a couple of factors. Number one, it's a community that understands that's had that sort of uh, ethos for a long time. Uh, Our police department takes in an awful lot of uh, uh, military police that retire and want to continue in a policing career. Uh, They can join our police department. Uh, There are lots of uh, nonprofits available to help you. Uh, We have an incredible support system for both active duty uh, and veterans, Mount Carmel being a classic example, Uh, but there's there's, uh, uh, many, many others. Uh, So it's just a a really good environment and history shows uh, and the numbers prove that it's a really good place to uh, set up your stakes after you retire from the military. I had never heard that statistic before. That's wonderful. It's good news. Yeah. You mentioned the police force, and during your State of the City address, you mentioned that you were had some open positions that you were hoping to fill that gap in 2023. And as I think of former military members, they could make excellent candidates for the police force. We Traditionally, we've had a, a, a fairly large number of uh, military people who are retiring uh, who uh, make, you know, they've got some training. They do have to go through our police academy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're paid while you're in the academy and things like that. And it's a great place to continue in, uh, in police work. Uh, we have, as of today, I've added 138 uh, police positions during my tenure as uh, a mayor. So we've got, uh, I think, our uh, resp- um, our uh, Authorized positions today are about 821. Uh, we probably have about uh, uh, 765 uh, filled. Um, and what we're going to do, instead of running periodic uh, police academies, we're going to run them continuously so that if you get accepted into a police academy, you don't have to wait five months to get on the payroll by getting into the, the police academy when maybe there's another city that says, oh, we got a police academy starting next month. We're going to have a constant uh, uh, rolling over of police academies, so you'll never have to wait more than a couple of months. And having a vibrant police force is very important to the safety of the community. You're a former district attorney. The one thing that comes to mind with growth, there can be some downsides, things like crime. You are actively addressing that, aren't you? Well, I'm trying to, uh, but i got to tell you, uh, as much as we try locally, uh, to address it. And I think we've got a good police department. I think we've got an aggressive district attorney's office. Our problem right now is what's going on at the state level. Uh, we have had a state legislature uh, that over the last uh, decade has been hell-bent on reducing 
the prison and jail population in Colorado. Uh, and they've uh, succeeded uh, by reducing the prison population by 23%. Unfortunately, the crime rate has gone up 48% uh, in the process. Uh, I don't think they're experienced enough to understand the correlation. There's a huge correlation. They've been reducing sentences. Uh, they've been uh, downgrading crimes. Uh, they've been making it easier to get out of bond. Uh, they've been making it easier to get early release uh, from prison. Uh, and the result of all that uh, is we've got a lot of people on the street who, frankly, given their criminal record, should not be on the street. They tend to be frequent uh, flyers, if you will, violators of the law. And uh, regardless of what our, our police department and uh, uh, DA's office uh, efforts are, uh, these legal changes have really uh, hurt us. That's what I've been really uh, sounding off about. I just was up at the uh, legislature last week. I've talked to the governor. We've got a, uh, you know, a car theft is out of control. We've got too many misdemeanor car thefts. Uh, we, it all ought to be a felony. Uh, we ought to be more aggressive with license plate readers so that we solve more of the crimes. Uh, we, uh, the legislature in 2019 reduced a bunch of felonies that would no longer be, uh, uh, if you possess a, a weapon that you're not authorized to, uh, because you don't, you haven't passed a background check, uh, you all you used to be all subject to uh, felon in possession of a weapon. Uh, they downgraded those. We need to return uh, several of those offenses, including all the drug offenses that they downgraded, uh, so that if you commit a serious drug dealing offense, uh, you're not eligible to get a weapon if you are found in possession of a weapon. That's a felony. That's the way it ought to be. Uh, there's a lot of things that we really uh, need to do. So. Uh, you know, you asked me what keeps me up at night. This uh, leftward trend of the state of Colorado, uh, not only in crime, but in, in making uh, Colorado a little bit uh, less uh, business friendly. That's the kind of things that keeps, keeps me up at night. Well, I want to go back to you said you're having a conversation with the governor about these issues that concern you. How is the reception to your concerns? I actually think the governor... Uh, for a variety of reasons, maybe his you know political ambitions, whatever. Uh, I think he's nervous about how far left the Colorado legislature has gotten, uh, and he's nervous that there's going to be more bills coming that uh, uh, are going to make him uneasy. And I said, well, uh, you just got to suck it up and veto those bills. Now, what he's worried about is the majorities are such that some of these, uh, you know, uh, some of them may, the legislature is pretty close to veto proof. Are you concerned that from uh, the citizens' perspective that candidates who have a different point of view need to do a better job at messaging so that they are elected to office? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was shocked that as bad as the crime situation is in Colorado uh, and citizens think it's bad, in this last election, uh, Republicans made no ground up at all. I, I attribute that to the fact that I saw a— uh, uh, some uh, post-election uh, polling, exit polling, uh, to, to succeed in Colorado, certainly on a statewide basis, you have to get a lot of, in, of unaffiliated support. Right now, a Republican to win a statewide race needs about 55% of the unaffiliated vote. 45% of Republican, or I'm sorry, of unaffiliated voters that voted this year said they never seriously considered voting for a Republican. Uh, and when they ask why that is, uh, they identify it as the party of Donald Trump. And as much as some Republicans may like Donald Trump, unaffiliates do not like Donald Trump. And if you're in a place where you need unaffiliated votes to win, uh, uh, the identification of the party with Donald Trump is not a, not a good thing for the party. Interesting perspective you're bringing us on the Veterans Voice. We appreciate you sharing that. And I know you had a disagreement with the Trump administration, going back to something in an earlier segment about the headquarters for United States. States Space Force, where it was put uh, given to uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and that that's a big. I don't mean. I know your dad. You said at the beginning was a dentist, so I'm I'm touching a nerve. I think, but that it, that's a concern. Oh, very much a concern. Uh, I am very confident, on the basis of personal conversations I had, that the top brass in the Air Force, going all the way up to the four star in charge of Space Force. Uh, was vehement that this needs to stay in Colorado Springs for um, uh, 
uh, national safety and uh, uh, taxpayer interest. Uh, and what happened uh, was uh, of it, the decision was made about January 13th, a week after the January 6th assault on the Capitol. Uh, Mo Brooks, the congressman from Huntsville, was the president's warm-up act uh, uh, on the J- January 6th. Uh, and before he introduced the president, he said, we need to go up to the Capitol and kick ass. Uh, that's the ter- term he used. Uh, the, the Almost all of the Alabama delegation voted not to certify the electoral results. Uh, both uh, the newly elected senator from Alabama, Tom, to, uh, Tommy Tuberville, and Mo Brooks said after the decision was made that the president had promised them uh, that. Uh, the president has since said in many Alabama speeches, uh, I made the decision single-handedly. It's clear he did not uh, pay attention to any advice from uh, uh, military experts. Well, let's go back to the economy here in Colorado Springs that is booming and jobs. I know it's anecdotal, but as I go around town, I walk into grocery stores, restaurants, other businesses. I see help wanted signs all over Colorado Springs. It sounds like if you want to work here in the Springs, there are opportunities available. Yeah, of course, the the task is to make sure that there's jobs that fit the uh, skill set and education that uh, people have. And what's going on is the market's been so good uh, that people have kind of been able to upgrade. Uh, people that were in the service sector have been able to move to something else that they see as a little more reliable, especially after the pandemic that really hurt the service sector. Uh, and that has created, I think, uh, some a lot of job openings uh, uh, in the service sector. So a lot of the food service and things like that. And it's pretty tough on them because uh, they got to have people that uh, uh, cooking the food, serving the food, washing the dishes and all that, that sort of thing. Uh, I think that's a national phenomenon, but because our economy is so good, uh, it's been a big, big issue here. All right. This is a special edition to the Veterans Voice, a conversation with Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers. We are going to continue in just a couple of moments. We have one more segment coming up with the mayor. We're going to talk about what he he thinks is maybe his biggest accomplishment as mayor of Colorado Springs, anything that he wished he could have gotten done but didn't. And then, hmm, are there any future plans? Uh, What has the mayor got planned in another year or two? We'll find out in a moment as the Veterans Voice continues from Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. You're listening to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the Wirenut Home Services. A special edition to the Veterans Voice, a conversation with Mayor John Southers coming to you, presented by USA, coming to you in the Optum Podcast Studio. Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers, as you look back over your tenure in office, what would you say is your, what accomplishment are you most happy and proud of? Well, when I ran for office in 2015, I said I was going to get the city moving again. And I pointed out uh, we're going to invest in infrastructure. Uh, we're going to... Uh, uh, create jobs, uh, and we're create a much more collaborative relationship between the mayor and the city council and the city and the other governmental entities. And I've, I think I've checked all of those off. And I think what I'm most proud of is I think I've convinced the voters that uh, the way to uh, have a very, very strong economy and promote it, there's only so much the government can do, but one of the things that government can do is invest in critical public infrastructure that uh, companies you know, that have high-paying jobs, they need that infrastructure. Uh, they want good roads. They want uh, public utilities and things like that. And we've done a really good job uh, as a city investing in public infrastructure over the last eight years, and I think that's what I'm most proud of. I've had young people mention to me, and your thoughts on this for the future, that they would like to see Colorado Springs have a little bit better mass transit system, Uh, you know, because in some cities, mass transit is very important to getting around. Your thoughts on that? Well, uh, for me, it's a supply and demand uh, situation, or it should be. Uh, Denver has kind of forced the issue, and now they've got an incredible, incredibly expensive RTD system, and only 4% of their commuters uh, ride the train. Uh, what our situation is in Colorado Springs, and I hate to say it like this, but believe it or not, our traffic is not 
bad enough and our downtown parking is not expensive enough to force people to make the decision, I'd rather ride a bus, I'd rather take mass transit. You can still, you know, you can't park in downtown uh, Denver on a monthly basis for, for less than $350. You can get uh, monthly parking in downtown Cower Springs for 30 bucks. Uh, and so our mass transit uh, is used by people that have to use it. Uh, 60% to go to work, 40% to go to college, either PPCC or uh, UCCS. We don't have a lot of discretionary riders uh, because, as I say, they can still get downtown right. with their car. The traffic's not that bad, and it doesn't cost that much to, to park down there. Uh, as the city continues to urbanize, uh, that may change a little bit. Our, uh, our, our, our bus traffic is growing a little bit. Uh, but uh, if you force the issue, uh, we're, mass transit every place is heavily, heavily subsidized. Even our bus system is uh, subsidized by the, the federal government. Uh, but uh, the last thing you want to do is spend billions of dollars to uh, uh, build a system that people don't use. Okay. I alluded to this next question earlier. As you get ready to leave office, is there something that you wanted to get done, an accomplishment that that you're still working on or didn't happen? Uh, in the uh, still working on, uh, I want to get tops renewed, trails and open space. This is a very uh, critical funding stream for our parks uh, department. Uh, it's been going on uh, uh, for 20 years now, and it's, uh, it's very, very critical to our open space acquisition, uh, to our maintenance of, uh, tr of uh, parks and trails and open space. Uh, we tried to increase it a year ago. The voters uh, rejected that, uh, 5347. Uh, we're running out of time to get it renewed. That's on the April uh, ballot. That's very, very important. We're just asking to renew it, no, no uh, increase. Uh, so that's one. If I was to say which one uh, uh, item that I would have liked to address that we just did not uh, get to, uh, I think we need to increase the lodging and rental tax. And let me make sure the uh, citizens understand you don't pay it. Only 5% of lodging and rental tax is paid by residents of uh, uh, Colorado Springs. 95% is paid for by people outside. And uh, right now they pay 2% on their hotel bill, motel bill, or car rental. And that goes into a fund that uh, 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 pays for things like the... Uh, balloon festival that attract people here, uh, tourism events, big sporting events that we have through the Sports Corp. Uh, but what I would like to do, these tourists burden our parks, uh, particularly uh, Garden of the Gods, uh, North Cheyenne Canyon. Uh, they also use and come for our cultural amenities. I'd like to raise it from 2 to 4% of, of 2 cents to 4 cents, which is still much, much lower. Denver's like 10%. You know, Vegas is like 17%. Uh, D.C. is 17%. We have a very, very low tax. I think it should be low, but we could double it and do a better job of uh, helping seed some of our cultural. I don't want a cultural arts tax. I'm a conservative. That's not a uh, essential function of government, in my opinion, but that's something that uh, a LART tax could contribute to right now. We give about 250000 to uh, copper to promote uh, arts and culture. I think we could double that or more. And I'd like to set aside a half million a year uh, to help maintain parks that are particularly uh, tourist burden. So those are two things that uh, uh, one I hope to get done by April and one that uh, probably is in the next couple of years. Okay. Colorado Springs Airport for just a moment. Very important to the military. When I was serving in the military, I flew out of the Colorado Springs Airport all the time on duty assignments. And that is really booming now, and that's good for the economy. It's also good for the military, correct? Yeah, we've doubled the number of employments uh, since 2015. We've gotten down to about, uh, you know, 550, uh, 600,000. This year will be about 1.1 million. Next year will be many over that. Uh, of course, the key to it, uh, big key recently was attracting Southwest Airlines. Uh, I'm hoping, despite what happened over the holidays, that they'll stay with their linear system and won't go to a hub and spoke because I personally think that's more favorable uh, to Colorado Springs. And I met with uh, Southwest uh, about uh, a month ago before the de debacle, and uh, they're really high on Colorado Springs. I think we're going to see a lot more flights.
Okay. You look up in the sky and you see Southwest leaving and coming all the time now. That's great news for our travel industry. Mayor, if you, I understand there's a tradition in the White House. When the president leaves, he leaves a note for his successor. If you were to leave a note or a message for whoever is going to succeed you as the next Colorado Springs mayor, what wisdom or thoughts would you impart? Stay focused on what cities ought to do. Uh, cities, uh, public safety, number one, police and fire emergency services. Number two, public works, build the infrastructure you need as a city to grow. Uh, number three, uh, transportation, uh, airport, uh, man, uh, whatever transit system you need, uh, and parks. Uh, don't uh, drift off uh, into things that government doesn't need to do, like a lot of cities have. Uh, and uh, stay focused on the essential functions uh, of government. Keep your taxes uh, relatively low in the process, and you'll remain a very attractive uh, community. Well, a lot of people want to be the next Colorado Springs mayor. Are you planning on doing an, an endorsement, or are you just going to kind of sit back and watch it all unfold? Uh, I'm going to answer people's questions honestly, and I'm getting asked a lot, who, who am I voting for? I'm voting for Wayne Williams. Uh, this is a very complicated job. Uh, it takes a lot of... Uh, I'm not sure people understand uh, how complicated it is. Water, uh, power, uh, uh, Tabor, uh, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, the budgeting, uh, enterprises versus uh, non-enterprises and things like that. Uh, and when I look at all the candidates, uh, I really think Wayne's the only guy that has... Uh, the background, the knowledge, uh, and the experience. I know he knows the issues, and I know he's given a lot of thought to how to solve the issues. I'm not sure everybody else has a full comprehension of just how tough a job it is. I appreciate your perspective on that. A couple more questions. If someone is listening in a different part of the country right now to the Veterans Voice, and they have a potential to be stationed here in Colorado Springs at one of our many military bases, what would you say to them if they're thinking like they have an option maybe where they can request orders? Well, first of all, I don't have to sell them on it. If you talk to anybody in the military, they'll say, this is where everybody puts in for, okay? So we don't have to sell them. But the reason is it's a beautiful place to be. It's a very military-friendly environment, much so than uh, much more so than many other places in the United States. We love the military. We love veterans. We love active duty. They'll feel very, very comfortable here. They'll feel supported, and they get the benefit of a, 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 a dynamic city, growing economy, and one of the most beautiful places in America. Outstanding. I know Veterans Day Parade is always very well attended. So many businesses here in Colorado Springs offer a military discount, and that, that, that's gratitude for people who serve their country. No question about it. All right. Okay, Mayor, I, I was thinking, how am I going to end this conversation with you on the Veterans Voice? You've had a distinguished career. We mentioned that at the beginning. Any plans now that you'd like to share with us what we can expect to see from John Southers? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm uh, not retiring. I'm retooling. Despite okay. the fact I'll be 72 next October, I'm not the retiring uh, type. Uh, I have, uh, uh, am now the chairman of the Daniels Fund, a very large foundation here in Colorado. Also serves uh, New Mexico, Utah, uh, and uh, Wyoming. About a $1.8 billion uh, fund uh, under IRS regs, I can't get paid while I'm mayor. It's a pretty good paying gig when I step down as mayor. Uh, I'm uh, lining up a profit board. can't say what that's going to be yet, but I'm pretty confident I'll have a bank or credit union, something like that. Uh, I will probably affiliate with a law firm. Uh, I don't want to go back to court, but uh, I can be in uh, internal corporate investigations. I can lobby, uh, things like that. Uh, I want to maybe travel six uh, weeks a year. So people have to accommodate that. My wife and I love uh, international travel and mayor, uh, you can't really get away for more than 10 days at a time. Uh, finally, I've got a book, uh, an autobiography. It's going to be uh, published in uh, 
uh, June, put a lot of work into it. Uh, it's, you know, uh, I say it's a tell-all, but I'm such a boring guy that people won't find that part of it fascinating. But I've been very fortunate. I do have a very interesting uh, personal story that I think people will find fascinating. I was born out of wedlock through an amazing set of circumstances, found out the identity. My, my adoptive parents died when I was young. Uh, I never made any effort to uh, search out my uh, birth parents. Uh, I, when I was 39 years old, I found out the identity of my birth mother. She had a family and a husband, didn't know I existed. Uh, long story short, I'm now in communication with some of the uh, 11 half-brothers and sisters that didn't know I existed until a year ago. Uh, so that that's kind of a fascinating story. And then, of course, you know, I've been uh, all the way from the local courthouse to the Supreme Court. I've been in the room where it happens and uh, quite a few instances. When can we expect the book? Uh, it'll come out in uh, June right after I leave office. I will be looking for it. Well, thank you for the heads up on that. Okay. All right. Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers, he's been our guest in this special edition of the Veterans Voice. Again, thank you for your time. Mike, I'm really uh, pleased to be uh, able to, to talk to our veterans and the, our military, active duty military and the community at large. You've been listening to the Veterans Voice presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum Podcast Studio located on the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by supporting partner The Wirenut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on flagship station KRDL News Radio Sundays at 7.30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps. Look, I get it. Most of us veterans don't like to talk about our feelings. We took the oath. We served. We sacrificed. We're supposed to be independent and fearless, right? But did you know that 83% of veterans experience some form of traumatic stress response? We need to talk about that. And at Next Chapter Community Collaborative, we do. Next Chapter provides veterans and their families with free services to write a future full of security and fulfillment, including sessions with licensed therapists who really understand the veterans' experience. We understand because many of us are veterans, too. We provide a safe place to communicate openly and honestly. There's no judgment, only a team of dedicated professionals working around the clock to provide support to any veteran who needs it. So, if you or a veteran you know is struggling, we've got you. Find services and get started at nextchapterco.org. If you or someone you know may be considering suicide, dial 988, then press 1. Hi. I'm Mike Richmond of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with information on an important free resource for veterans, the VA Health and Benefits app. The tool is like a one-stop shop for veterans. It allows them to view or cancel VA medical appointments, send and receive messages from healthcare providers, and download VA benefit letters to provide veteran status or disability payments. Veterans can also manage existing VA claims, find the closest VA medical centers, and get quick access to the VA Crisis Line. You can download the Health and Benefits app on your iPhone or at the Google App Store, or wherever you normally get your mobile apps. If you already use this app, please share your feedback on your phone's App Store. That's the VA Health and Benefits mobile app. I'm Mike Richmond.